0: You're listening to Danny on What The Heck Podcast. This is the place where I share my experience, knowledge and skills. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever takes your pleasure. Now, I've got a whole array of things. I haven't done a podcast for a long time and I realised the other day I have a fan club. So I'd like to say a special hello to Shane Wilde from Queenstown. And he said he found, finds my podcast inspirational. So in saying that, I'm not trying to inspire you to do something. And a lot of my stories are really my personal journey about the way we need to mould and adapt our business life and our personal life and how to stay focused. And hopefully that does give you some inspirational by listening to my podcast. So first of all, I would like to play you a video. Now just for the tech heads now, I don't know if you've heard of a podcast called Podbean and that's really cool. So I'm actually trying doing some things different at the moment. So I'm recording the show on a live talkback uh, kind of like podcast and then I'm also recording this as a video which I will upload to my YouTube channel and then I'm using the sound audio that I'm doing which will be uploaded to com. And that will enable me to give myself three different bits of content that I can chop up. And also I'm doing this live to a certain degree. So let's get started. So first of all, I'd like to tell you about myself, because that's what you do when you have your own podcast. And I'll let you listen to a three minute and 21 minute talk about my life as dyslexia. Here we go. So, So when you hear the word dyslexia, what do you think of? people not being able to read and write properly, maybe spelling words back to front. Well, hopefully you don't think people who can't spell are stupid. But I I grew up thinking I was stupid going through the school system. However, when I got older, I had great joy in realising that there was a, a lot of people who had dyslexia that were also very clever, such as John Lennon, Nigel Kennedy, Walt Disney, Tommy Hilfiger, Einstein, Richard Branson, just to name a few. So I'm not here today to convince you I'm not stupid. I just wanted to give people a little bit more insight into what dyslexia actually is. So I'm 50 at the moment, and would you believe I don't actually know the alphabet? I don't know the uh, difference between a verb and a noun. And I don't even know the months of the year. So to give you an example of how that actually, what that means, if you said to me you were going away on a holiday on, in June, I wouldn't know how far away that was, and I wouldn't be able to gauge that distance. Uh, so if you told me that June is the sixth month of the year, then I'd be able to know that we're currently in the third month and there's a distance of three months and I'd break that down. So everything, I have to translate it to understand, so it's always a battle, but fortunately enough, I do know the days of the week, and you might think that's good, but... Today I do not know how to spell Wednesday or Saturday uh, with confidence and I use a keyboard I can do it but when it comes to writing it down with pen and paper you wouldn't be able to read my writing. So at the age of 23 I decided to go get some professional help. I went along to Spelt Canterbury and they did a whole lot of tests over a couple of hours and they come back to me and they said, hey Danny. You have a reading age of a 9.3-year-old. I thought that was quite good at the time. And I said, well, what do you do about this? And they said, well, what you could do, you could hire a personal teacher and maybe learn how to read and write. So I did that for a year, two times a week. I would go along to my reading, writing teacher, and over a 12-month period with my hand on my heart, I can actually say I learnt nothing. It was a total waste of time. It wasn't until 1993 when an ex-employer gave me a parting gift and he gave me a digital diary. And with this digital diary, I finally found a way to remember and retain information I had learned. And I could put everyone's phone numbers and all their details in this device. So as technology has evolved, I really have embraced technology. And this four-minute speech that I've got here, when I I wrote this yesterday, I used voice recognition software and spoke the words to the computer. And this speech, I've actually given this quite a few times. And I can actually save it forever. It's better than the human memory, to be honest. So dyslexia is often talked about as a gift. And I think the real difference I've found is people with dyslexia have to find new inventive ways to do things. So the purpose of this little wee video was actually to challenge you as the educated person to stop using your educated habits and find new ways to do things. And if you need a hand, you can ask Danny De heck because I'm quite clever at that stuff. So there you go, I had that video done by a guy called Pablo who's called Take 5 Media. Take5.co.nz is his website address. and. I, my other pod bean uh, service probably didn't hear the audio, so I'll dub that in later, in case you're wondering why there was a big blank in the show. But it, basically, the video I've um, I've been rehearsing that for about five years to be able to nail a three minute and forty one second speech. And ironically, when Pablo was helping me do some promotion for Elite Six, which is my business networking company, he. I had to hold the iPad up right beside the camera with the words that I'd written down that I wanted to say. And there's about 10 sentences. And and I would listen to those words and then I'd try to repeat what I read, what I looked at. Before he put the iPad down, I would forget the words. So after rehearsing for about an hour, uh, we finally got a whole lot of takes that he could use and put together a promotional video for Elite Six, my business networking company, and then I said, oh, while I'm all mic'd up, do you mind if I read this speech? Because I've got to do, I'm giving a speech tonight at some personal um, training I was doing with David Clarkson from Dynamic Communications, and I had to prepare a speech, and I've said, oh, I've actually done a 50-minute speech on dyslexia, and and how I've overcome it in my life and used technology and blah, blah, blah. And then I've just summarized everything I've been trying to give out for the last five years into this speech. And he said, yeah, sure. So I went and grabbed it, sat down in front of the mic, and I held the paper in my hand. If you see my video, you'll see what I'm talking about. And I just read it perfectly and got every word and managed to describe exactly how dyslexia and what it means in my life and how hard I have to fight to communicate with people. You know, I look back at my life and I think, oh, I really have embraced change, and I'm very nimble. Uh, I'm swift. I, I, I can change a lot, and I often have to. Uh, I was, as I said in some of my other podcasts, was brought up quite a religious family, and I got discommunicated when I was about 23, so I had to start over. Uh, I had a divorce at the age of 40, like a lot of us do. Um, but the 24 hours after my wife said she wanted a divorce, I had a an appendix that burst on the operating table and had to got infected and I nearly died, and then my business that was a really healthy business turned around and I lost it and had to find some other things. It's taken me 10 years to sort of get myself back on my feet as such, and I've had a bit of a hard road to get that right, but I've never given up. Now, most of the content that's out there on the internet at the moment is all about COVID-19 and effects and um, being clever and smart with business and how to retain your clients and and I kind of like sick of hearing about it really and then because we do a lot of talking at my business networking meetings a lot of the businesses are sort of saying oh we're in a recession now and I go oh are we and they go yes and I said is that because the media tells you so and they go yes and I say, well I, I reckon that uh, if you listen to Zig Ziglar he says that uh, he did a conference in front of, I've forgotten it, maybe 1,500, 2,000 people, whatever it was, and he said, did you know that we're in a recession, people? And put your hand up if you know that you're in a recession. And then he said, keep your hand up if you've had the best year in business that you've ever had, and he said that 70% of people keep their hand up. Uh, So just because we're in a recession or things aren't going the way we want – Because we're entrepreneurial people, I'm hoping you are the entrepreneurial people that are listening to my talk back because you're the special ones, you're the ones, you're the superheroes, you're the soldiers. So what I'm trying to say is, um, I've got to stop saying "arm." it sounds terrible when you listen to it back, so if you hear me say "arm," tell me. What I'm suggesting, well actually I gave a good illustration I'd like to see if I can explain it on a podcast to you guys. And that was, Imagine that business, the economy, is a massive river, and for years the river's been used to transport goods up and down the river, and a lot of businesses travel on different vessels. Some are like big, massive um, passenger ferries, and others are maybe a jet ski. Uh, Some people may swim. Other people might canoe. Some people might like, mm, I don't know, let's say kite surfing. And you've got all this activity on the river, and then you've got the people that purchase stuff from the river people, the business people, and they're on the side of the banks, uh, you know, and that's their customers, so to speak. But at the moment, a lot of the business is changing. Those big companies that carry, you know, thousands of people or hundreds of people along, they've really they they can't change quickly they, you know, even to pull up those boats and slow them down, it just takes, I think a oil tanker, for example, takes seven kilometres to come to a halt in the, in the open sea. So you can imagine right now, there's a lot of those big companies that they can't afford to make changes quickly. And the time it takes is often what kills them really quickly. But being a small business person, like maybe you're a jet skier or maybe you're in a jet boat and you're cruising around the rapids. Now, the water the business, the economy, might the water goes out of the river quite a lot, and now there's more rocks and you need more movability. So you need to really think about how you're going to navigate the river. Instead of being, say you're a bit of a venturer, which a lot of us entrepreneurial people are, you think about this, that we can't carry on necessarily doing the same things and getting the same old results, because that's what will happen. So we might need to move from the middle of the river over to the side, and there's disadvantages and advantages. So I was always asking people to think about what sort of vessel are you? Are you, you know, one of those big ships with lots of people on it, or are you, you know, a small boat carrying six or seven people? You know, and and we need to think how can we move quickly and swiftly and make good decisions. And if you sit still, yeah, you'll go with the flow of the river. But when you need to make your way back up that river, you need power. You need petrol. You need to know how to keep your tanks full. And that's what a lot of podcasts and a lot of audiobooks, especially the things I listen to, actually help me with. So I just want to sort of use that as an example. So when, when I was looking at my business networking company, now I'm passionate about connecting people and getting them together. So here I am. I've got a business networking company, which I'm hanging on to of dear life. And I've spent eight years of my life trying to come up with systems and processes that work. And the goal was really to get business people together and when COVID come along, here we are, we are at the currently, we had eight meetings that used to meet from 7.30, 9.30 through to Tuesday to Friday. And they're all in different locations and we had different groups of people. Now, if I hadn't made changes a year and a half earlier, it would have even made it harder for me to implement the changes that I have had to quite quickly. So if people who are watching me on the river aren't used to Danny being all over the place, and know that next week will be different to this week, then they would be surprised. So if my passenger ferry all of a sudden started navigating through the rapids, people would freak out. But because I'm an entrepreneurial and I'm a bit of a, not a high flyer, not really, but somebody who's an adventurer, people know me, then they're used to me making lots of changes and they're along for the ride. So when COVID happened, I had to switch this face-to-face business networking company to a Zoom meeting-based um, you know, get together, support network. So instantly I thought I'd set up a base in the office and I got all this studio gear ready to go. And then within a week we had to go into lockdown, so I carded it all back home and we are running it off the sofa, all those sort of things that we all had to do. However, I were running 15 meetings a week, three meetings a week, one at seven thirty, one one at 9.30, and then one at 3 o'clock. And then that was 15 meetings and had the weekends off. But eventually what I was doing is I was providing a place for people who were in shock, didn't know where to turn with their business, and I was a router of information. And everyone was there to help everyone out, and it was quite good. But then I watched the life (laughs) drain out of people. You know, this wasn't going to sustain, you know, networking as such. And people really wanted that human interaction. And then I, I noticed there was a lot of other things that come along into Elite 6. For example, if somebody's in front of your computer and they're talking to you, having a video, it's very hard to uh, keep them. Go away, Siri. I'm on it. You'll have to continue in one of these apps. Tap the one. Boy, that's noisy. (laughs) You'll have to, uh, so what was I saying? They're trying to keep people engaged and focused when they're in front of their computer, when they could be listening and doing their emails in the background was my next obstacle. So eventually, after about two weeks of doing this, I realised it's probably not going to sustain. However, I started looking at Elite 6 and thinking, oh, I don't want to go back to cafes and bars. I'll I never, i I'll say never, but never say never. But I don't think I was, it was right. So here's an opportunity for me to remould Elite 6 into the company I want. And then I'm realising that all of a sudden people don't want just Zoom meetings. So now what we're doing is we're running four Zoom meetings a week instead of 15. And we have actually ran one... Uh, face-to-face meeting now we're allowed back together Uh, if you listen to to this overseas we don't actually currently have any COVID in New Zealand that isn't under quarantine so we're very very lucky and now I'm running a face-to-face meeting and people are telling me that the time isn't ideal for them and out of I've lost half my members but then I've said well actually it wasn't working the way it was going I was tired of going to cafes and hoping that everyone would be there. On the way to these cafes, I'd get a an apology. I can't make it today. Oh, I've slept in, or um, I forgot it was Thursday, or all sorts of things. And I was and it, and that was quite hard to stay focused. So I just it wasn't working. So then what I thought about it, and I've revamped Elite Six a lot. And what I've done is I've got um, some simple things. I have a list of all our meetings where people need to now log into the website. So. If I'm using Zoom, I need to have a encrypted URL people can click on. So now I need a place because we were getting bombed because <laughs> there's malicious people on the internet all the time. So I needed to create a place where people needed to log in and access uh, the links. Next barrier: people didn't know how to log into a website. They they didn't know how to reset their password. They didn't know they had a username. And then I realized that a lot of people out there are really struggling with technology. But at the time of trying to educate 120 people how to log into a website and 90% of them are struggling just to log in and don't know how to reset their password, I've got another obstacle to contend with. So after battling that, I lost about 15 members just because they got frustrated with technology. And a lot of people are still part of my network. I haven't seen them for three or four months. They're still paying me, but they don't like the new format, but they haven't given it a go. Now, all the ones that have embraced technology and have given it a go, uh, one of my favourite uh, favourites told me that he doesn't like the new format. And I said, well, you suggest we go back to cafes and meet face-to-face. Well, I like that, and I get 25% of my business from Elite Six, and I'm, I'm going to really struggle if you don't do that. And I said, oh, okay. Well, I said, well, trust me, I know what I'm doing. And at the moment, have you ever thought that you can use Zoom to build up relationships with people, and you might need to employ different tactics you know, So two or three weeks ago he said to me, I've actually got three new clients and I've done them all over Zoom. And it just took a couple of months for him to sort of get his momentum going, but you, he had to embrace change. He had to be open-minded. He had to have that grit where he's going to carry on even if he didn't believe in it. So anyway, so we've set up meetings, so we've got one face-to-face meeting. Then I thought, why Why don't we just have one big Elite Six meeting? And then he goes... "Um." And then I said, why can't we have 50 people or 100 people in a room? And then we'll find a place that will accommodate us. And and the reason why is because people don't like other people in the same industry quite a lot. I found that out. But fortunately, a year and a half ago, because people knew what type of person I were, I did away with the idea of having one industry in each group. And if people can't handle having two real estate, two real estate agents or two mortgage brokers or in the same room, then they're not the people for my business networking. And then I need to define a common interest that we had. And we're all people in business, all helping each other. Now, 40% of a business is actually all about administration. So that's something we've got in common. And we all have to know how to market ourselves. So that's something else that we have in common. So this morning at Elite Six, I said to them, what I'm suggesting that we do is... We, uh, when people come along to Elite Six, we're going to make things more impromptu. So last week, we actually went back to our where we get our name from, and I broke them into t- two groups of six, or two groups of seven, but they couldn't count. <laughs> and then each person gets to talk for five minutes each. And that's really important, because that was the heart of Elite Six. It's the most important thing that is our IP, is... We've done that for years, and that's always been important. So this week, when they come along, I said, we're going to be doing something different today. And I said that we're going to start up a business um, selling toothpicks. Yes, toothpicks. And I said, we've got a budget of $10,000. I need a brand. I need a slogan. I need a marketing campaign. I need a pricing strategy. I need to know who your suppliers are. I want to know how you're going to distribute the goods. And I want to know your niche. And I also want to know people that you're going to partner with. And I thought, I'll see how this goes, this conversation goes. So now somebody said, well, didn't candy floss make toothpicks redundant? And I said, oh, yeah. But what about when you go out to a caterer and he's got food on the plate and they've got toothpicks in them? Oh, yeah, caterers use toothpicks. And I said, who else use caterers? Um... Uh, sorry, who else used toothpicks? And then we we named a few different industries. We talked about, you know, like having a niche, like a marketing strategy around it. There's 101 ways to use toothpicks. So rather than selling the toothpicks, uh, we would come up with different marketing strategies. So I'm at home at the moment, just in case you're wondering, and I'm doing my own podcast. And and my partner and her son has just turned up home, so they'll be opening the door in the background in case you wonder what that noise is. So we had a really good discussion about different ways you could market. Because one day somebody woke up and they said that they would, uh, they would um, start selling toothpicks. And if you go into any supermarket, you can buy toothpicks. So somebody's already done it. But really, wouldn't something that costs two dollars for a bunch of a hundred is amazing that somebody actually decided to do that? Wouldn't you agree? But if you can sell toothpicks and you can come up with a marketing strategy of toothpicks then what you learn from doing that, and you apply it in your own business, like back with Elite Six, about a year ago, we rebranded. And when you bought a company and you, um, you, when you buy a company and you brand it, I've lost my train of thought now, guys. You, when you buy a company and you like the brand, and then you give that brand to somebody else, to come up with a new concept you hope they understand the type of business you are and what you're trying to accomplish and after that happened i actually got a new brand a new look and a new sort of swing in the step so to speak so i actually really enjoyed being rebranding so my challenge to those guys is look at your own company pretend that you're um, um look at your own company and pretend that you're a new and rebrand yourself and reinvent yourself and embrace change. Anyway, sorry, I got a bit distracted there with people coming home. But I wanted to rave on about other things. So that's my business networking, which I love, and looks like that business isn't that healthy at the moment. However, it is the company I wanted it to always be. I wanted I don't want it to be the biggest. I want it to be niche. I want the people in it to be good. So I changed things around quite dramatically. So if you wanted to come along to Elite Six now, there's a process before you can come in and meet of people. Because what we used to do is we gave a 30-day free trial. People would come along, hand out all their business cards, meet everyone, done their job, and they'd leave. Now, if you want to be good at business networking, you really need to spend, you know, well, you need to spend a good year or two before it works for you. And then you have a business community around you that you can share your experience, knowledge, and skills with. You can spar ideas with. You can, t- like, I just got three images sent through to me from a friend of mine who's rebranding his company at the moment. And he wants my opinion on it. So I might flick them off to another guy who doesn't even know him or his business and say, what does that, those images tell you about this guy's company? And he might come back and go, nothing. And he goes, oh, I know exactly what he's doing. So then because I've got a network around me, it's really powerful for the guy that's trying to make his mind up about what brand to go with. So anyway, so what I've done now is I've made it that people want to come along to Elite Six and need to request an invite. It's free. And then I will bring them up. I will use all my other tactics to find out who they are and what they do. Then if they want to do a demo, which we used to give away free, now we charge $99 plus GST for a 30-day demo. And that $99 can go towards a membership. So I've created two memberships because I want to take this New Zealand wide now. I've got four members so far. You've got to start small. And then uh, a full membership basically gives my Christchurch people who are in my hometown uh, the full array of what Elite Six has to offer. So I had to come up with two different prices. So for the online membership, twenty nine fifty a month. It's not that much. And for full membership, twice the price, $59 a month. And then I thought, well, I have other things that people want. So I have a business directory listing. It's only $15 a month. So we'll list anyone's website. They're about them and about their business page. On our um, membership Area, so I've had to rename Elite Six's. Um, Whereas Elite Six gone? Oh, it's disappeared. So, if I've had to rename Elite Six's uh, membership directory to just a directory, so years ago I used to have a big directory and people used to list their websites, and that's been a good move because now it doesn't limit me for just having the members area, but Joe blogs down the road or anyone, as long as it's um, in our flavour, can list their their business on Elite Six. So if you look at Dean from Skilled Electrical, so Dean has a profile, uh, has his logo at the top, and then uh, it's got all his contact details, uh, a little bit about Dean and what he's passionate about, and then obviously um, Skilled Electrical and a location where he is. So that's how that works. And then I thought, well, uh, blogs, uh, if people are full members, they can publish their blogs. And now we're going to start doing workshops. So because a lot of people, I found out, couldn't even log into a website, there's a real big deficiency with people's internet skills. So with people who are full members, they'll have access to a limited amount of our workshops. Uh, And obviously our podcast is our think tank meeting. So I've basically rebranded the whole company uh, just to, um, you know, really... I've actually branded the company around the exact type of company I want it to be, and now going forward, when I purchased Elite 6 back eight years ago, I had 36 members, and we've got about 60 members at the moment. But the company's groomed and set up the way I want it. And when we started to lose our way and was doing 15 meetings a week... Uh, A friend of mine, I said to him, I said, I'm losing the plot. I don't really know how to keep people engaged. He said, what was working with the old system? And he said, adapt the old system to the new format. So I went back to doing our PowerPoint presentations and making people on a video conference watch a PowerPoint. And that gave us the structure back. Uh, We did some really cool things. Instead of having speakers that come along, and it was hard to arrange, We had, uh, I have 107 impromptu questions that I would ask business people and I'd pick somebody random who was in attendance and I'd say, right, 12 questions and they wouldn't know what question they're about to get asked impromptu. So when we went back to the open format on Zoom, I would just ask a question. I'd say, Jim, answer this question and then Mark, answer this question and go around the room and that would get people engaged. So everyone who was doing their emails were concerned that they might be next. So if they were doing their emails, they would go, oh, oh, sorry, didn't, didn't hear what you said. And then I felt like, well, what's the point of me doing this if you can't give me an hour of your time a week? And other things we did that change is we made it that rather than segregating everyone, that any member can go to any meeting. So potentially you could get to five meetings a week uh, so, yeah, my point really is I've just changed that company around for the better. It may not be what I want it to be financially, and that's okay. But the big one is um, my Danny DeHeck brand. Uh, used to have a website called Danny.co.nz, and that was just my personal brand that one day I was going to build. So, if you embrace change, what I did, I had this travel network. It was called New Zealand's Information Network. And I literally started it by hitchhiking around New Zealand, telling people I was New Zealand's leading internet consultant. And what I would do is I'd walk into an accommodation provider, because I was the easy target at the time. I'd take a photo of the uh, motel, the outside, walk into the reception area, and just say, I just took your photo with this digital camera. And it would be one of the first digital cameras that actually come out. And they'd be overwhelmed with the technology. And they'd say, What, what do you actually do? And I said, Well, I. I'm a mobile internet consultant. Oh, I haven't heard one of those before. See, I happen to be New Zealand's leading internet consultant. And I'd show them the picture, and I'd say, if you give me your brochure, I'll take pictures, we'll put together a, a digital version of your brochure called a web page. Uh, it costs you $300, and then I charge $30 a month to keep it live on the internet. And they'd say, oh, yeah, okay. And I got to the stage where I'd actually turn up in motels, and for a, a accommodation, I'd be on the road a couple of weeks, three weeks at a time, and they'd say, What do you do? And I'd say, Oh, I'm not going to tell you what I do because um, you want to talk about it and I'm tired and I've been talking all day long. Oh, come on, tell me what you do. And, oh, no, no, no. And I had three motels I remember actually got as clients simply because I was trying not to talk about what I was doing. Imagine having a business like that today. But now you've got Tom, Dick, and Harry. Uh, going after their, their business and it's all website design competition. But uh, eventually I built up this business called, well, all my clients were like-minded, so I, I started a, a business called New Zealand's Information Network. And it consists of around about a 1,000 blogs of all things New Zealand. Accommodation, things to do, places to go, uh, anything from kayaking, golfing locations, you know, hunting, diving, Anything so I had a travel writer that used to write them. Um, my wife at the time used to be a really good writer, so she used to write for the company. She used to be a copywriter and At the end of it, I had this travel resource, which was actually fifteen thousand pages of information because every website I had used to be built into it, so it was like a large mall, and people would criticize me because all my shops looked the same, just like you would if you went into a mall, and you're using the same cash register system. And because we'd use a lot of the same features from one site to the other, I'd basically just put down the, take down the sign and put up the rental car sign and, and fit out that shop. And the foot traffic we were getting, which is astronomical now when I think back, was 25,000 people um, a day would land on my website and travel to one part of my website. So let's say I had the Glacier Guiding Company Let's say I had the uh scenic flight people and French Joseph and Fox Glacier and the Whale Watch and Tekapo, Mount Cook, and then I had like Blackwater Rafting. Um I literally used to have about a hundred different brand names, like A to B rental cars, um Pacific Horizon, um Ace rental cars, uh Pegasus rental cars, USAVE rental cars. And at one stage I had 45 different rental car brands like two E Campers and they used to all use my network to promote and do 99% of their internet advertising. Now for somebody to have a kind of a monopoly on it these days... Uh, would be just about impossible. So Tourism Holdings would come along and buy up those companies and then they would use their 21 people in their marketing department and they would make Danny redundant. And over time, I couldn't compete with them. And I still don't today even go after trying to compete with people in a website design competition because my strength is really marketing and getting your website in front of people. So even though my websites weren't pretty, they used to rank really well in search engines, they used to load lightning fast, and that used to intercept other people's website traffic so it's quite ironic really but anyway things have changed so this big travel network I think my best year ever uh, remember I'm dyslexic was uh, I think I had 470 odd thousand dollars worth of turnover and I took home I think it was 275 in a year which is a great paycheck for somebody who can't read and write so as you can imagine that travel network was all about me trying to promote New Zealand's information network and I think that's where I went wrong I think what I should have done is continue the brand under my own name, danny.co.nz, which just over the lockdown I've changed it to, to com And then I could have been one of these major influences when it comes to, uh, you know, like these travel writers or these v-bloggers. So I'm a big traveller, been to 35 countries, and I do all these videos now, and also have written a lot about my travels in New Zealand. So my partner and I, we travel around quite a bit now, and I said, why don't I use all that content that I have on New Zealand's information network and draw it back into dehec.com and let's make ourselves travel writers. And let's put it out there to say to people that if you want us to come to your location and write about wherever you are, then we'd we'd do that. So that's what we've been doing. We've travelled to, I think we went to Kaikoura first, then we went to, I think, Dunedin, then we, we've just recently been to Naseby, we went to Tekapo, and we're just sort of gathering information. My partner's a photographer, so she's using her resources there. So now what we've done, if you scoot to the bottom of any of my websites, you'll see that we've got development and uh, development by Dandy De Heck Limited, in association with brand photographer Motivive, and that's what we're doing. So... I also re changed my company from New ZealandNZ.co.nz Limited to Danny De Heck Limited. And I've gone back and I've I've gone back to where I shouldn't have turned my way, and that's keeping myself as the marketing guru. And also put it all into my own brand because these influencers are doing that. And I am a bit of an influencer, so I've really been focusing. I don't know if this will be any help to you and your business, but if you go to com and you go along the top of the page, you'll see I've got Facebook, I've got Instagram, I've got LinkedIn. I've got Twitter, I've got a YouTube channel, I've got a Flickr account, I've got a Tumblr account. I think I'm saying that right, and Twitch, which is not really uh, probably more my, It's not really the sort of thing I'd recommend, but it, it's a place where gamers go in there and, and play their games live, and people can watch. I'm sort of using the platform because it's ac- ac- across the grain of what you should be using, and then I've got a Pinterest account. And then also what I'm doing now is I'm in, um, putting together some workshops. So I've got, myself, I've got myself a green screen that's going to go behind me soon. And then I'm going to run a lot of workshops. So the most important thing about doing these workshops is having a way to collect money. So I've merged both my billing system down to one and I've got uh, a system here where I've got you know, if you went to danny.deheck.com, you'll see my billing system. So when you click on Elite 6, you'll see all the products and services that Elite 6 has for sale. And then when you go to Danny to you'll see all the products and services. Now, I haven't added all my products or services because if you go, do go to uh, Danny to you'll see under my services, I help people set up Shopify shops, WordPress, uh, I help them with uh, web hosting, and also do podcast hosting. Now, I don't do podcast hosting, but that is what people are searching for because when I started my podcast, I didn't realize there's some really amazing sites out there that host those, video, uh, those files for you and then they link them to all the places like the iTunes store and the like. Also, video editing. Uh, so I'm using Camtasia 2020 at the moment. So if you went to my website, clicked on that, you'll see that when you click on the video editing link, it actually tells you uh, the software that I use to do my video editing, and then what I've done is I've enabled to put a button here saying free download and a trial. Now, if you go along there and click it and you decide to buy it, I will actually get a, a cut from doing so. And then when you go to my services and you maybe click on royalty-free images. Now, if you're not very good at photography, it's something I really struggled with when I was getting my content is finding good. Content. So I used to use this site called One Two Three RF, and if you go to my website and you click on the "Visit," it will track that it come from my website. And if you sign up and purchase any of the goods, I get a little bit of money. If you went to um, what else have we got here? Podcast hosting. You'll see that I use Buzzsprout for my podcast hosting, and also I've got a couple of links of the hardware I use. So any of the hardware that I use not all of it but some of it when you click on it if you buy it I'll get a cut but however with the zoom 6 handy recorder there's no revenue for there but that's the sort of way I'm thinking at the moment so for example I have a links page now I used to charge a hundred dollars a year for people to be on my links page so on my links page you'll see other people listing there so I only can assume people might want to also have their website listed there so I've created a button that says add your site and when you click on that site, it goes directly into my billing system, and it tells them the costs of of being on that website. So from eight dollars thirty three a month, fifty dollar setup fee, they can pay me um, a fee to be on there, and that's sort of how that works. So what I've sort of done is I've uh, if you have, if you're on my video and you're watching this video, and you look under my blog, you can see even though it's a little wee link. You can go down to About New Zealand and you can read about New Zealand business, the cost of living, education, um, employment, forest parks, freshwater fisheries, government information, Great Walks, Green Cammy Guide, you get the idea. Then you go to destinations, you've got South Island and you go through to Arrowtown, Ashburton, Christchurch, Dunedin, Glacier, and the North Island, the same bay, Plenty, Goromandel. And then you've got the small town guide, you've got the North Island and the South Island. And I've even got some information about uh, Australia and Tasmania and um, Tasmania Great Walks. So all those blogs, I'm going to repurpose them and republish them. The content, when I have it written, I was quite smart. I said to the people that wrote it for me, please don't put prices, uh, please do not put dates, and things that could potentially date. Uh, So if you go into my blog and you went into, say, like, destinations, and you checked out the information about Christchurch you will see that was one of the ones that wasn't that clear because a lot of the information that Christchurch talks about was actually written before the earthquakes so one day it will become an archive of what Christchurch was used to be like but I haven't actually updated it but people go oh how can you have that information on your website if you don't update it my argument to that is that it still brings in traffic and I don't know about you guys but when you're on the search engine and you're searching for stuff um you know you get distracted along the way so if I can lure people in to my website or my brand they're going to get distracted so that's why I've got workshops and I've got podcasts and I've got all my social media so I've got a pretty good fitting I'm around about 40% where I want to to be and now what I'm doing is I'm going through all my videos so if you were say like on to and you clicked on my video channel this is what I've been doing that seems to be working quite well. Now this will start playing the video. So, so when you, so what I've done when I travelled Bangladesh over Christmas time, I did all these little wee videos and I'm hoping to come home and put them all together as one. And then I thought, well, why don't I just upload the whole lot? They all go into drafts, uh, videos, and I'll do that on my video channel on Facebook and I'll do that on my video channel on YouTube. And it's going to publish the raw content. And then what I will do is my purpose is to get people to watch my understanding dyslexia video for example and that's what I've been doing so I'm just basically republishing my content making sure I get into the routine of doing it at least once a day something fresh will go out I repost an old blog I share it through all my social media channels and also I've got about a hundred different videos of me traveling through Bangladesh India and China which I'm just going to keep throwing out there and then when I do I call myself a fisherman, but when I do get a bit of bait out there that tracks a lot of fish, and let's say I find a product or one of my workshops go off, then people will check out my background and wonder who this Danny DeHeck guy is, and then I'll have a history on the internet. And that's basically what I've been working on. So really am actually building my personal brand at the moment. It's my main focus. I think I have a lot to offer when it comes to teaching people how to use internet, how to... I don't really want to be that guy that people come to and go, oh, I'm going to use Danny DeHeck to do my website. I want to be that guy that people come to me and they go, I'm trying to do it myself and I'm having a few hassles. And I go, well, why don't you book some of my time? I just want to know how to do this. And I go, well, actually, that's quite complicated. If you want to do it right, do it this way. So what I've done is I've come along and people can uh, book. I've got bookings. And on my bookings page, I use Calendly. And if you went to calendar.com forward slash to heck, you'll see that people can actually book me and book my time. So if somebody wants to have a, a consultation with me, they can come along, uh, they can pick a date uh, and a time and confirm. So I had my web hosting provider who wants to have a meeting with me. So rather than me um, having a meeting with her at her, I say, can you please go along to my website and book a meeting in? And so far I've had three people come along here and pay me a hundred and pay me um, I, I charge one hundred and fifty Australian dollars for an hour of my time or thirty minutes of my time and they get to choose. and when they come along here and they say book a half an hour session with me at nine thirty in the morning they confirm it, it asks them all the questions I want to know what what's it what's the agenda and also more importantly it grabs the money off them and then what we do with that it's it all links up with Zoom and so it sends all the links and we meet in the room, it's really really cool so that's what I've been doing, that's sort of been really cool so I want to sort of get more online sort of stuff my main focus at the moment is if you don't know, I'm quite good at drop shipping so I have an electronic store and I have an accessory store and I have an outdoor store and my partner has um, a baking store and also a coffee lovers store and we, when lockdown went down, these stores just went off and we were getting orders every five minutes and we thought, oh my goodness. So then we had to come up with systems and processes to manage it. And uh, we got behind, we had about 1,800 emails of people saying, where's my order? And because we are not stocking the products we had to rely on the shipping companies and it just went crazy and it was a lot of pressure a lot of sleepless nights but we worked our butts off but rather than sort of firefighting at the front end of the fire we looked at what was causing the fire so we implemented better systems Uh, so if you go to say like nz electronics you'll see that people now can um, search frequently asked questions so somebody might want to know their password if they put that in there or go to our knowledge base and or come back and say account login and password and now there will be an answer to that question so people want to log in and then other things they might ask like where is their order so by doing that it has cut down a lot of our email correspondence and what my big goal now is to actually make it that it's a self-help contact us service so that we don't have to correspond with them and then we can now uh, keep bringing out more and more shops and um, finally find more and more products to sell people um so yeah it's different and it's thinking different so i mean what i really want to do is when i look at these online shops that we've set up there's a lot of work behind it and we're actually teaching people to do like what i called side hustles there's a really good book out there called a hundred side hustles i really encourage you to grab it listen to it and watch it it's really really cool um and then if you get inspired write a block a block sorry block um I just wondered if I wrote a blog. So let's say I got inspired last time. I read a few books. So then what did I do? I wrote a blog about the fav- my favorite e-books. And I've created content about things that I'm passionate about. And I think, I don't know if I still have. No, I haven't. But I um in my e-books, uh, I did a blog and I wrote down my favorite uh, books. And that's what I call writing about trending information, which is a different story on a different day. But anyway, I don't want to bore you. I think I've gone well over time and waffling quite a lot. I just wanted to sort of catch up and especially say hi to Shane, (laughs) who's my fan, my one fan. And I'm sort of really enjoyed having been able to do a blog. Again, it's been my goal to put one together. Um, The idea is behind what I'm trying to get. My whole message of this podcast was really sort of saying, look at what you have got rather than what you haven't got. Look at the tools that you have in your toolkit uh, don't hang on to things that you've been doing for years, like my travel network. I've had that for 20 years. It had its great days. And then I've repurposed it. And same with my business networking company. It wasn't really, I don't want to go back to bars and cafes and, and sit there at cafes at 7.30 in the morning hoping that everyone's going to turn up. Every time somebody sends me an apology, I can't make it today, it's negative. Um, I've, so I've created the company that I do want it to be. And I'm looking forward to growing it and using new forms of technology. One new service which I'm really looking forward to getting going is um, called Focus. And Focus will be an intense session scrutinizing people's businesses, looking for positive directions that they could take them and give them some guidance and give them access to a network of people who can actually help them accomplish their goals. Or it may be a person that comes along to Elite Six and says, look, I've got this idea or a concept that I want to implement. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are made redundant at the moment and I think they'll have a little bit of money and they'll think I'm going to use that money to start my own business. I want to capture those people before they get that dream going that may not be a dream or make sure it's structured in the right way. Just like I said at the start about the toothpicks, if you want to start selling toothpicks for a living, what sort of things would you need to do to sell toothpicks? Somebody's done it. So everything's possible but is the time and energy And more importantly, the timing right. So with Elite Six format, what we're going to do is get six wise people together and help somebody who comes along and record it as a, um, not a podcast, but record it to something that they can listen to later and give them some real positive steps. So there'll be six people in the room. It could be a Zoom room, so it's New Zealand wide, or face-to-face. And I'm recommending people, even if they are outside of Christchurch, to come to Christchurch for it. And we'll sit there for three hours and really break that business down and give us some direction to go in. It'll be only $600, so it's not going to be rocket science. And then a lot of that would be advice on where to go and what to do next. So a whole strategy around it. So that's going to be a new service for Elite Six. Um, Danny DeHeck. what he's doing is now a company called Danny DeHeck Limited. And what I'm going to be doing is, is basically publishing as much content as I can I'm going to be doing workshops teaching people how to set up Shopify, how to become drop shipping. I'm going to break that course into four different parts. The first part is going to be actually setting up a shop, coming up with a brand name, and getting your name right. The next part will be finding goods, finding trending products, and how to load them into your web shop. The next one is actually how to um, process orders, how to market the products. And then the last part will be how, how to meet the customer's expectations and how to get them there. So what I'm going to do is to start the course, uh, I'm going to, I've planned out, I don't know if you've ever used mind maps before, they're pretty cool. Uh, mind maps are great for planning a strategy. Uh, I'm trying some new software, which is really cool. I've used Trillo before, which is really good for planning. Uh, and there's another one called, I think, Note, M-I-L-A-N-O-T-E. M-I-L-A-N-O-T-E. And oak come along to me and they noticed that I'd done a blog about Trillo and Trillo's like their opposition. And they gave me a free um, membership so that I could get uh, a good use of the, the software. And I thought, oh, well, there you go. So there's companies watching people like me who call themselves influencers who are not really because they're self-appointed, but they see that I'm somebody who would use their software. So by me doing a blog about Trillo another software company has come along and given me a free lifetime membership. So I've actually gone back to them and saying, can I have two lifetime memberships because I want my partner, Helen, to also use it so I can interact and then I'll do a workshop around why this video, uh, why this product is really, really good. And just so, if I didn't write the blog about Trello, I wouldn't have got that company coming to me wanting me to talk about their product. And then I'm thinking, what other software could I do software reviews on? And then I could give uh, introduction on how to use the software i use all the time called um one pass uh, one password.com and then i could teach people how to set that up but then i could also have an advanced class where people once they see the value could pay me for the advanced class so all these things that's what i'm thinking of but i'm in a pretty good place and i hope you are too if you are sitting behind the computer screen it is a demon and you really want to get in there and get the best out of it don't sit there and think you're stupid uh, I When I started using the internet way back in 1994, I think Jeremy Coulter, he I used to be a painter and a decorator, and, and I painted this internet cafe, and the guy said to me, what should we do with that room over there? And I said, oh, what about doing one of those internet cafes? And he said, oh, we haven't got one in Christchurch. So I asked my mate, he sold me a computer, and within about uh, two months, we had Christchurch's first internet cafe. And then... Didn't really understand much about the internet, but I just kept applying myself, keep learning, trying to understand. Eventually, the over it was like a jigsaw puzzle. I just keep doing, the, you do all the straight bits first, and you get all the colours and put them together, and eventually, the overall picture become very clear. So if you're struggling with technology and you want a bit of a hand, then um, come and ask Danny. Uh, I'm good at that sort of stuff and I can help you with it. So keep an eye on Dhek.com and please do uh, subscribe and all that sort of stuff they tell you to do. I always don't like telling people to subscribe and add yourself to that, but do it. Um, and also comment, please. Don't sit here and watch this stuff. Don't tell me like Shane did. He finds my podcast inspirational and then doesn't put any comments. Put comments. I love those comments. They, make, uh, they give me reason to do more stuff. All right, lovelies. Have a great day and be safe out there. Mm-hmm.